Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence, and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence, and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Meet Dr. Catherine Isco. Catherine is a keynote speaker, author, board member, academic mentor, and former CEO of a dual-listed public company. Whilst Catherine is proud of these accomplishments, her greatest love is connecting with people on a deep and filter-free level. She is widely known for her humorous and relatable stories that help people realize they are perfect just the way they are. After years of body image issues, a 20-year horrid affair with an eating disorder, financial bankruptcy, and suicide ideation, Catherine had experienced enough pain to eventually find a solution. Today, her unique skill set has helped over 3,000 people build their confidence, enabling them to be just who they are and proud of it. I think you'll love this episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. Let's dive in. Well, Dr. Catherine Isco, welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. How are you today? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm more excited than even if cake was in front of me. Oh, we should have made that happen, actually, which I should say this because a lot of people don't know this. Even though my company is called Eating Your Cake 2, I don't really like cake that much. And people's jaws fall on the floor just like yours is now. (laughs) You're highly suspicious to me right now. (laughs) Highly suspicious. We need to change this. I I used to be a pastry chef, so... Okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. You might be able to convince me otherwise. Now tell me though, I know that you obviously, full name Dr. Catherine Isco, I know you go by Dr. K, you go by Catherine, you go by Cat. What do you like the most? Cat. You like Cat? Cat. Well, I actually love Kathy. I used to be called Kathy by my family and I love that name, but just, I think everything is truncated here in Australia. So it just became Cat. But it's, you know what? It's just not as important to me. I just, whatever makes you feel wonderful, and if saying Dr. Cat makes you feel wonderful, then you go, girl. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Kathy because that's what you like. So tell me, Kathy, I have done a little bit of an intro to you before we hit record on our podcast, but for anyone who doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what really lights you up. Who I am. I am a five foot nothing woman who always struggled with her self esteem and self worth, who always based how she was feeling on what other people said about her until I would say about a decade ago when I learned one very, very valuable thing, which is the only opinion that you should worry about is that you have of yourself. And it took 35 years and, you know, I'm glad it took 35 years because then I wouldn't have experience and so forth. But 
because of this, I do what I do because every day when I wake up, I also remember those mornings. I'm going to start crying already. This is ridiculous. I'm not even PMSing. I remember these mornings that I didn't want to get out of bed and I didn't see any light and I didn't see any value in myself. And when I hear of stories like that and others, I just want to say, don't, you, you are worth so much more than that. Just find that light one more day and something magical is going to happen. And so I guess what I'm saying is I've done life the difficult way and, you know, time is money, as they say, and I just want to help people speed up that process of going through that difficult time. And it, and it just means the world to me. I always say if I can hug people and help people and buy shoes, my life is good. Can I just say that I ask that question often around the, the who are you piece and mm. I don't think I've ever heard it answered more honestly, more openly and more vulnerably than mm. that. So thank you for that because usually, and, and you know, you and I have touched on this before, usually when we talk about who are we, we talk about the roles that we play or the titles that mm. we hold and you just completely and utterly humanized yourself and and who you really are Hmm. so thank you for that because I just think that's a really beautiful thing to start with and you know I very much love cutting the crap as well and getting to the real heart of the conversation which I think we have absolutely just done but I am going to ask you now, probably a more top line question before we go back <laughs> into the day of again. Yeah. But I know your love of heels. Mm-hmm. And as I sit here in a pair of flats, because I'm a terrible walker in heels, mm-hmm. I am immensely jealous of your shoe wardrobe. Mm-hmm. But tell me, what is it about heels and footwear in general? Like, what is it about it that you love? And Because that to me is your thing. I think of Dr. K, I think of Kathy, I think of epic fashion and awesome shoes. So tell me what really got you into that space? I've always loved shoes and perhaps it's just because I am quite petite, but if, if I can tell you a story, I'll try to keep it short. I've had three dark periods in my life and this was probably, I would say maybe the darkest time. It was but 2006, I was in the second year of my master's or first year, and this was a time where if you would scratch the scum of the earth and go down another 100 meters, that's where I lived. Could not get any lower. And I was having this really horrible day, and I, just a trigger warning, I'll be speaking about disordered eating. I had gone through anorexia and then switched over to binge eating, which is often the case. And On this day, I said to myself, please just don't binge. And if you want to binge, what I want you to do is take whatever money you usually spend on food and take yourself shopping. And there was this massive shopping center in in Toronto. Went there, and just like I was addicted to eating, I couldn't stop buying stuff. But the shoes, the shoes I just dove into, that was the one purchase that I never felt guilty about. So I have this relationship with shoes, which I think a lot of times we buy things and we feel guilty about them. And one thing I would ask people to do is rather than feel guilty about them, ask, ask yourself, why did you do it? And maybe that was the thing that you needed at that, that time to get through whatever 
it was that you're going through. And I, I think that's what shoes mean to me. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost like a signal to say, you did get through it. Yeah. And you are a value to the world. You are a value to the people around you. And if shoes make you happy, why well, feel guilty about that? You've come such a long way. So, and plus, I just freaking love shoes. <laughs> but th- there's a lot of meaning a lot of meaning that goes into those shoes, which you can't say in a post. You cannot say in a 30-second reel. So I hope that was helpful to people. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. I mean, what I hear from that is shoes are strength Mm. for you. Shoes are a symbol of of strength and resilience. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, if, if you can see how far you've come every time you put on a pair of heels what a fabulous reminder to have I do I just love them I I think we all have like our stage persona Mm -hmm. and our other persona and I've I believe I've melded the two because I was once told I was working with a brand quote-unquote expert and she was saying no 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 you have to have your daughter Catherine closet and then your normal closet (laughs) yeah I was like so you you want me to be authentic, but you also want me to lie to people. And I never understood that. And so shoes are me. They're not mm-hmm. who I pretend to be. They're not who I want to be. They are me. And I I love myself in them. Yeah. I love myself. Head to toe. Warts and, and all. Sure, they're fabulous. Let's talk about the blending of you know, the on-stage Dr. K and the life Dr. K, because I love exactly what you just said around we don't, why do we have to have a certain persona wardrobe and then our, and then our life wardrobe? Mm-hmm. So talk me through a bit about, because you've been, you've been on your own sort of personal journey in this mm-hmm. space, and as you've already touched on, there's been highs and lows in that Lots as well. But <laughs> you're in this place at the moment where it's like you've just – decided to to cut your own bullshit Mm -hmm. and all the bullshit that you believed for whatever period and now you're like no this is me this is who I am and this is where I'm going Mm -hmm. take it or leave it so talk us through what that's been like sometimes you have to go through a lot of pain to understand what comfortability is what the right decisions are you know I always say you can learn from your own mistakes or you can learn from others I did it the stupid way I clearly learned from a lot of my own mistakes but effectively the the truncated story was last year was perhaps one of my more challenging years but it was good in the sense that it reminded me that stepping away from things often makes things a lot clearer. And I suppose what I learned was sometimes we listen to others. Sometimes we listen to the loud voices of others rather than listening to the quiet voices Mm -hmm. that are inside our head. And we think that can't be right. It can't be right that what I believe I'm good at is actually what I want to do, what I want to show the world. When you're hearing others saying, oh, no, you can't say that. You can't, you're a PhD. You can't talk like that on stage. I'm like, well, how would you like me to talk? Would you like me to talk like who? Show me who you want me to talk about. Oh, so you want me to be her? Well, then freaking hire her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, I was at this event, and uh, long story short, is the person who invited me said, oh, there's a lady over there. She, she does the same thing as, as you, but she, she has a filter. And he meant that in a beautiful way, but it just shows you that I think the beauty of understanding your own confidence and self-worth is you do not have to change who you are to please someone else. Yeah. Hard to do though. 
Very hard to do. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I resonate with everything that you're saying so deeply. And so how do you deal in those moments, which we all have, where the self-doubt might creep in or the, you know, we have the voices in our head. We have the good ones, the helpful ones and the not so helpful ones. And sometimes we let the not so helpful ones creep up a little bit too much. So what advice or guidance would you have perhaps for the listeners around how you navigate that when it happens? Think about things in external and internal. So we'll start with the quote unquote easier one, which is external. There are people around you that will support you no matter what. I jokingly call these your fart friends because these are those <laughs> friends that, you know, you can just be yourself. You, you can let one rip and they'll be like, oh, good one, you know, something like that. But you can also tell them your de- deepest secrets. And I think having those people to rely on, but they can't be the friends that just say what you want to hear. So for, for that, that's my partner and my dad. They're both, my partner is... Croatian, so no filter whatsoever. He doesn't tell me what I want to hear. He knows when to listen. He knows when to guide me. My dad is the same. He he never tells me what to do, but he he asks me to consider things rather than telling. And that's what I use for parenting. That's what it, have you ever considered? You know, have ask your friends to say, have you considered? Internally, when it comes to mindset, oftentimes we don't think about what mindset actually means. You know, the term is like hashtag mindset, hashtag mm-hmm. motivation. Mindset is really three things. So when you're in that dark place, when you're self-doubting yourself or when you're thinking, I can't do this, think about it in three ways. How are you? What are the thoughts that are going on in your head? What are those conversations? What are the feelings that you're having? Likely it's anxiety, frustration, anger, sadness, depression blah, blah, blah. And then that last thing is once you sort of figure those two out, how can you use them to take action? Now, to be uber clear here, sometimes it's not taking action. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's those days where you need to sit on the couch, have a bit of a pause moment to allow those solutions to come through. But typically, what I always say, say is you need to take action because figuring things out when you're watching Netflix and well, maybe not chilling because that's a whole different behavior, <laughs> but when you're watching Netflix and you're eating the haagen is not going to get you somewhere yeah. or, you know, so think about those things. What are the thoughts are I'm having in my head? What are the feelings and what actions can I take? Mm, great advice. I think that's very practical. And so when we talk about, so obviously we're recording just ahead of International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. This particular podcast will drop on the, I think it's the 1st of March, so still a few days before. But we, I feel like we're sort of touching on something, even though the theme for this year, the UN Women's Theme for International Women's Day is around cracking the code. I I like the conversation that we're having just around amplification mm. and owning your story and getting clear on your story and your message and what you stand for and then being able to communicate that. Mm. And so I'm curious to hear from you in your experience, what do you tend to see women do when it comes to being able to confidently own who they are and what their stories are? When they're able to do it, it's great. It's like watching a great show, but mm. unfortunately that doesn't happen a lot. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm to blame as well. I think we diminish a lot of our stories because we're so worried about what other people think. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not thinking about what lights us up. We're thinking about 
what person is going to make us feel dark? And I think having those conversations in your head is probably first and foremost, and also understanding that you can bring value to the table, but also understanding that your value, what I bring to the table is going to be very different than yours. You know, we might be symbiotic in Mm -hmm. some ways, but it's going to be different. And I think we fall into this comparison trap that Mm -hmm. the story we have isn't as good as someone else's and I, I think that's challenging we fall into this deep dark hole and again we waste time when mm. we could be living we could be living it out there yeah spot on spot on what do you think the some of the practical things that either you know that we can all do whether we are male female you know and any anything in between what do we like, what do you think some of the things that we can do to better support women to elevate themselves and their stories more? Mm. We, we need to get away from this win-lose mentality. And, and I'll give you an example, if I may. My partner and I co-founded a tech company. We were doing some capital racing, you know, Hong Kong, Singapore, yada, yada, all throughout Australia. First time for me, you know, and Brene Brown talks about the effing first times, you know, it was definitely an effing first time for me. That's a situation where you might perceive it as because my partner has about 300 years of capital raising experience, he's going to win, I'm going to lose out of that situation. Mm -hmm. That's not a way to look at things. During that capital raise, yes, he did most of the talking when it came to that. But it didn't mean that I couldn't win as well, meaning that he would always say, okay, well, this is a reason why I said that. And this is the reason why I didn't say that. Okay. So he allowed me to win too, Mm. but then I help him win as well. When it comes to mindset, when it comes to empathy, when it comes to stepping into someone else's shoes, that's where I can help him win. And I think the problem of what's happening is we think we are better, ergo, we win and they lose. And that's not a way to move forward. We all have different privileges. Mm. And when I say privileges, I mean what we've gone through in life that has made us better human beings. But we have to understand that it's almost like that concept of Ubuntu. We are, uh, I am because we are. You know, how can we think more of a we rather than an I? How can we pass along this knowledge so we start helping each other? You know, we rise by lifting others. That's what I would say. Mm, I think that's great, important. You know, we can't, the reality is we can't do it alone. Mm. So while there are times and places and they're important for 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 groups that, that support women, and, and we need we need to have those to be able to drive change, not in isolation, though. Mm. We need to find ways to bring men along for the ride as well around what we need and what we all need together Mm. to create an environment where we all, to your point, where we all win, where there is not one winner and one loser or where we see things like that. But I think, I guess if we're also realistic too, my feel is that we're still some way away from being able to to be able to confidently say that we're there. Of course, of course. And, and I guess therefore we need, to, we need to keep finding strategies to close the gap, which 
brings me to something else I'm sort of curious about with your story because it's I mean you've spoken of of your dad and you've spoken of your partner as well who obviously sound like they just give it to you straight they don't tell you what you want to hear and potentially have have helped you create opportunities for yourself I'm curious to know is there any other have there been examples of other men that you've worked with before who have helped you by opening doors or providing a network or an introduction or giving you the floor mm-hmm. to put yourself out there and, and what has that done for you? Listen, I've been a student for so long. So the world of academia is a bit different. I think we're a bit insulated from the challenges that are faced perhaps in the corporate world. I, we still mm-hmm. face them, don't get me wrong, but I think they're different in that sense. I never experienced any form of inequality during academia. But what I will say is I remember during this capital raise, I still remember this as, you know, my partner was talking, our CFO were talking and so forth. And this, the underwriter, the the point person for the underwriters paused everyone and said, well, I would like it. I would like to hear it from Catherine now. Mm. And that was 10 years ago, I think, still stuck with me. And the, the point of that story is, is, Regardless of whether you're a man, mm, what, mm. however you identify, mm. sometimes we can't wait for tomorrow to help someone who needs that help today. And sometimes you got to push him off that ledge like he did for me. And I did speak. And I probably wasn't the smartest in the room because I wasn't the most experienced in the room. But that's not the point. The point is to provide someone a platform to, as you guys say here in Oz, give it a go. Because unless we actually start to practice those things, we're not going to get anywhere fast. So I'll always be thankful to to that gentleman. And, and I, I hope that other people have that same experience. Yeah. And I hope that if you're listening and you know someone, whether it's your daughter, your sister, your aunt, your, your CFO, your, your GM, look out for those little gaps of time where you see that spotlight mm-hmm. needs to be shined on that person. And allow them that space. Allow them to win. You don't need to win then. You can both win by helping each other. I think that's a brilliant example. And it brings, it also just really brings to light the, you know, the the concept of what International Women's Day stands for, but also the gender equality gap that we know exists can feel like, well, what can I do at an individual level Mm. to have an impact? But everything that you're saying with the example that you just shared is a very real way Mm. that we can drive a positive impact at an individual level. And, you know, what, what even strikes me out of all of it as well is just the power of allowing someone else to share their story Mm -hmm. or allowing someone else, you know, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm -hmm. We should speak proportionately to that. Mm -hmm. So what is, you know, what are the ways that you can provide that platform for somebody else, provide the opportunity for somebody else to win so that you all win as Mm -hmm. well. I think that's great. Good. Awesome. What, so I've got a couple of questions for you that I do ask all of my guests. Mm -hmm. The first is whether you can think of a a book or a movie that you've read or watched that has really resonated with you. Can I give two examples? Absolutely. Goodwill Hunting, I've seen about 300 times. I'm not even joking. Mm -hmm. And there's a great line in it where Robin Williams and Matt Damon 
are, you know, two bros sitting on that bench by the pond. And this is after Matt Damon said something inflammatory to Robin Williams. Next day, Robin Williams had thought about it, came back. The point of what he said was, I can't just read Oliver Twist and think that I know everything about your experience as an orphan who was abused. What I got out of that is don't assume what someone else is going through just because of a couple of words they said or just something that you've seen or heard or you're scrolling through social and you're like, ah, I know everything about domestic violence. I know everything. Mm. about that. that always sat with me in such a beautiful way because it taught me one important thing. Keep your freaking mouth shut and listen. Because that is sometimes the most effective way of helping someone. Because at the end of the day, people want to be heard. People want to be heard and listened to and not said, oh, you should do it this way. Or have you ever, you know, no, they just want to be heard and have someone not say anything because at the end of the day, they feel ashamed. They feel ashamed. Allow them to express that shame. The book that I've read now twice, is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Now, this was a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. during the Holocaust. My great-grandmother was Jewish and so forth, so, you know, very heartfelt for me to read. And he effectively, rather than looking at all the atrocities of the camp, he took a step back and thought, like, why is it that some people were able to flourish? And when I say flourish, mm-hmm. please, you know, use mm-hmm. that with a grain of salt. Obviously, you can't flourish in, in a death camp. And other people perish quite quickly. And this isn't a quote from the book. It's sort of bastardized from it. But between the stimulus and response, there's a space. And in their lies, your freedom. The point of that is, is I think if we can slow down life a bit more, if we can start to pause when things kind of shake us up and start to rattle us a bit, then we can have that time to reflect and respond in a more beneficial way, not only to ourselves, Mm -hmm. but for the people that we love around us. So two movies, book that I highly recommend. And by the way, that's the gift that's in your box. (gasps) (laughs) Sorry, spoiler. Amazing. I was just about to say, I have, I I mean, I, I, that quote that you just shared, Mm. I also utilize. It's such a powerful a powerful quote to read and just think about you know the space in the middle and what am I doing with it and I think beautifully said beautifully said Mm. what and Goodwill Hunting I have not watched that for a little (gasps) while I'm gonna have to get onto that love it yeah a bit of a refresher I I do love Matt Damon although he got cancelled I heard did he I can't remember I can't keep up I thought like I thought I was gonna marry him did you oh my god I had (laughs) such the hearts for him oh my god (laughs) I should add that question in that I ask all guests. Celebrity crush. Mm. Maybe I'll add that. There's such a long list. (laughs) We need another podcast to (laughs) discuss it. Another broadcast. Now, I am very sure that there are going to be people who listen, who are listening in, who just want more of you Mm. and want to hear from you, know what you're all about, get involved with you somehow. So talk me through and talk the listeners through what are either the best ways to to work with you? How can how do you support and serve people? Mm-hmm. But also, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, I think by the time the podcast is actually launched, this one, my new website will be up. Fabulous. Which is drkatherine.com. That's D-R-K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E.com. And then Instagram as well, which I'm actually having a lot of fun with because I used to overthink it so much. And now if something just, you know, drops into my head, I just drop it there. So it's 
there's not a lot of filter. There's not editing of mistakes and so forth. So if that doesn't, you know, light your fancy, this is not the stuff for you. This is definitely unedited, but I think very beneficial. I'm biased though. I'm loving your Instagram at the moment. Absolutely. I have been, it's been popping up on my feed. I'm loving what you're putting out into the world. So definitely keep it going. And what is the, what is the work that you're doing with people at the moment? How are you serving people? Well, right now, keynotes, developing some workshops. This is for what, what I would really love to get into this year is actually working with young girls. It's something that I haven't done in the past. Mm. And it's always something that has just made my day. Because I suppose from a bias perspective, I know when I was 16, 17, that was a very challenging time for me. So I love connecting with young girls like that. So that is one of my goals this year to get into more schools, getting my In Her Shoes series back up, which you can look on the website. It's basically about the shopping stories and shoe shopping with incredible women, but specifically their hardships Mm -hmm. behind their success and then podcasts as well. So, and then hopefully a book next year. It's all happening in your we world. We will see. Absolutely. We will see. Yes. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I feel like we could sit here for hours and talk, mm-hmm. but I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for sharing your time with me, but also again, for sharing your real, your raw, your honest journey, because I really believe the more we can do that, the easier pathway we make for others to do it as well so thank you very much for joining me today and i look forward to chatting with you again soon thank you so much well that's it for another episode of the eating your cake 2 podcast it has been amazing to have you here and i am always so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2. And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love if you would leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this. You can do it. You are doing it. And remember to back yourself and what you have to offer.